Hello and welcome. It's Thursday, February 2nd, and you're listening to Arizona's News Roundup, the weekly podcast that gets you caught up on the biggest stories in the state on your time. I'm your host, Taylor Kinnerup, Managing Editor here at KTAR News. On this podcast, we're breaking down all the top stories happening right now to keep you in the loop on all things Arizona. We also look ahead at what's to come to make sure you know what to keep an eye out on until our next episode. This week, we're breaking down calls from one Arizona congressman to remove the Homeland Security Secretary and an arrest in the Scottsdale Molotov cocktail case. But first, we're starting with the very latest on the aggregate expenditure limit. Try saying that three times fast. The aggregate expenditure limit, also commonly referred to as the AEL, is a complex topic that continues to be a hot one here in Arizona. So much so that we've actually discussed it on this pod before. If you heard that one and you want to skip ahead just a bit, feel free. But if you don't know the history of the AEL, let me break it down for you. It's kind of like a budget cap, but on an already approved budget. Let me explain. Before the legislature comes to an end each year, lawmakers at the state capitol vote to pass a budget. The budget includes funding for education. Seems simple enough. But in Arizona, we have something called the aggregate expenditure limit, which prevents schools from accessing all the funding at once. According to the Arizona Education Association, the AEL was a constitutional amendment that was passed by Arizona voters in 1980 designed to slow school spending. But now it's led to this annual spring vote to give schools the money that lawmakers already voted to give schools. If it's not voted on, it could lead to a 17% cut in public school budgets. So I'm sure you're wondering, what's the holdup? Why can't we just vote to lift it? Well, lawmakers could, but this is politics. Quid pro quo. Some lawmakers are in favor of keeping the AEL in place in order to use it as a bargaining chip for other bills. Republican Senate President Pro Tempore T.J. Shope has heard these rumors, but he told our own Griselda Zatino. I don't know how much of a bargaining chip it can possibly be, at least this year. Perhaps the circumstances are different out in future years. But he says he's against repealing the AEL altogether. You know, that was the will of the people. It may have been a long time ago, but it was still the will of the voters. Although Shope says he supports a clean bill to lift the AEL, so schools don't have to make major budget cuts in just a few weeks. However, Republican Freedom Caucus Chairman Jake Hoffman tells the Mike Broomhead show his colleagues won't vote to lift it unless it's accompanied by reforms. A little bit of that quid pro quo I was telling you about. Academic transparency is a critical reform that parents want. This means curriculum and lesson plans. They need to be posted online so that parents know what's being taught in the classroom. So it's still up for debate whether this will be a clean bill with no attachments or not in order to lift the AEL. But on Tuesday, the Arizona House Education Committee met to introduce education legislation with a heavy focus on what to do about the AEL. Republican David Cook sponsored a resolution to lift the AEL. This money that has already been budgeted doesn't cost one penny. I don't know why it's taken so long. Our many economic drivers of these communities where the school district is a large employer. That measure passed in an 8-1 to vote with one member voting present, meaning they effectively abstained. However, to get through, this resolution will still need to pass in the State House and Senate before officially lifting the AEL. And there's a big push to get that done soon because the deadline for schools to basically run out of money is in less than a month. We'll keep an eye on that March 1st deadline for you, and you know we'll have all the very latest on KTAR. And while there is plenty of politicking happening at the local level, Arizona is also making political waves at the national level. Again, 
On Wednesday, Arizona's Congressman Andy Biggs introduced articles of impeachment against Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. And this wasn't much of a surprise to those following the ongoing saga at the southern border. Biggs, among other border hawks, has come down on Mayorkas for not doing enough to stop the rapid influx of migrants arriving at the southern border daily. Even Border Patrol agents have been seen literally turning their backs on Mayorkas as he's addressing them because they feel the problems at the border just aren't being addressed. During his press conference Wednesday, Biggs said he believes Mayorkas is intentionally allowing these migrant influxes to continue after Mayorkas backed removing multiple immigration policies put in place by previous administrations. Finished building the wall. He stopped that. The Remain in Mexico policy, the MPP program, they said no. In fact, they sued to get out of that program. However, there isn't really a deadline to get through this impeachment. KTAR's Taylor Tasler spoke with former Congressman Matt Salmon about all this to get a better insight of what's going to happen next. Salmon explained the impeachment needs to be assigned to a committee. It's almost always assigned. If it is assigned at all, it's assigned to the Judiciary Committee. And the articles are heard there. They're decided by the Judiciary Committee. Then it goes to the general floor. If a majority of the House votes to impeach, which Salmon explained is similar to an indictment, then it'll move to the Senate. The Senate will then try the case and vote whether or not to convict. And with the Senate holding a narrow Democrat majority, this is pretty unlikely. Even former members of the House Freedom Caucus have told us behind the scenes they don't really see this impeachment having legs. But it may go further than most would expect now that we've seen how many backroom deals were put into place to make Kevin McCarthy the Speaker of the House. And regardless of how far this goes, it does speak to the frustration of border hawks and how they feel the administration has handled the problems at the southern border. Now, if you're from the Valley, like me, it's not surprising to hear the words Scottsdale and cocktail together. But add the word Molotov in between and wow, you have one of the most bizarre stories I've heard in a while. Over the weekend, Scottsdale PD arrested 55-year-old Bradley Holmes, a man they believe is behind a string of Molotov cocktail-related incidents. Since January 7th, there had been four incidents involving Molotov cocktails reported around Scottsdale. During the first incident, a silver Lexus was damaged by one of the explosives near Hayden and Via de Ventura just before 8 p.m. Exactly a week later, a Tesla was set ablaze in the Postino Highland parking lot near Scottsdale Road in Highland. Witnesses told police they were throwing dirt to try to put out the fire. Then, at that same restaurant, the third incident happened on the 17th, with just mild damage reported. The final Molotov cocktail was found near Hayden and Doubletree Roads at Campo Italian Bistro. Luckily, no injuries were reported for any of these incidents. But Sergeant Kevin Kwan with Scottsdale PD told KTA guards Jeff Munn that it was neighbors who led to finding homes and it could have stopped more incidents from happening. Through their investigation, they were able to find that there was more devices that were being intended to be used, uh, similar to what had happened in the previous incident. And even after his arrest, it's been almost a week. Scottsdale police have still not released a possible motive for Holmes to have done this. So that's it. You're all caught up for the week of Monday, January 30th. What's ahead? Here are a few things to keep an eye out on. The WM Phoenix Open tees off next week. We'll have reporters out at the event and the very latest on traffic in Scottsdale to help you avoid some of the chaos. KTAR News. Eyes on Education.
This week, KTAR's Griselda Zatino brought you the first two installments of a four-part long-form series on chronic absenteeism. Next week, you'll hear the final two stories, plus keep an eye out for an Arizona News Roundup special as I speak with Griselda all about it. And of course, the biggest story of next week will be the Super Bowl. There are dozens of parties, events, and more that you can attend or get involved with around the Valley. And, of course, those details are on KTAR.com slash Bowl. Remember, you can read more on all the week's top stories and get breaking news in real time on KTAR.com. You can also listen live on 92.3 FM or to take KTAR everywhere you go, just download the KTAR News app for articles, podcasts, and, of course, breaking news. With that, I'm Taylor Kinnerup, and you've been listening to KTAR's Arizona's News Roundup. Until next week.